1: Hi, I'm Keegan and I'm Madigan and you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Sure is. And today is a mini episode. In case
2: you didn't read the title.
1: Yeah, in, c- in case you're binging. I hope you're binging and you binge. just didn't
2: know what was coming up binge, next. Binge, binge, binge. Although, that starts <laughs> it starts to feel sounds gross. sounds kind of weird. I'm
1: like, "Oh." Yeah, it starts <laughs> to feel like CD. Okay, well, anyway.
2: <laughs> moving on. Moving Welcome. on. Welcome. So we're going to talk about things that are in the news. We're going to close out with some listener mail. And then we're going to get this shit done. In under yeah. 30 minutes, in I don't know if I want to promise. Under 40 minutes. There we go. Under 40 minutes. Yeah, because it is 9.30 right now. 9.30 p.m. when we're recording. True. So. I feel surprisingly chipper, but I know the second I get home, I'm going to be a bitch and want to go straight to bed. I was literally falling asleep on the couch, and then I made coffee at 9
1: Mm -hmm. p.m. and, like, sucked down a cup of coffee, so now I'm feeling good in about an
2: hour when I'm trying to sleep. I won't be feeling good. Yeah. But. You gotta do what you gotta do. Can I tell a quick story that we can put at the end or not put it in at all? Yeah. Okay, so last night I'm getting ready for bed. I brushed my teeth, I washed my face. I took a fucking hour to get the SNS powder and nails off because it just, King's face is so cute. So I think her Sorry, I'm trying to be very attentive. You're so cute. Be- so there's a bonus for story time episode coming this weekend sometime yeah, that I'll in, throw in. In your future. In your future. Um, okay. okay. So you, you go first. Um,
1: well, I really only have one main thing and then yeah. another thing because to make us a little more happy because everything in life sucks right yes. now. Yes. Um, so the main thing is the probably the biggest thing that's been in our news cycle for the last couple of days. Yep. It would be Trump's
2: meeting with uh, Putin. I love that I can like read your mind and know that you're always going to go for, like, the biggest and most dense. So I know that I just need to, like, read a little bit, but not go, like, too uh, I, far. I, I'm like, Keegan's got this. I hate it, actually. Like, I feel like I have to do it, but then I also feel then like... text me and be like, no, hey, can you, like, go into this one a little bit more? And I'll be like, sure, Keegs. I, I will. I up. I actually will do
1: that sometime. Yeah. But, but I feel like it's a. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I think there's something wrong with me in that... I am almost unhappy unless I'm completely overwhelmed. And then I'm unhappy because I'm overwhelmed. No,
2: I understand. Because you feel like you always need to be doing the most. And then when you're not doing the most... Uh, you feel shitty, but you feel shitty when you are doing the most because you have no life and because I'm tired. Then like you I'm... need to start. Then you need to start forcing yourself to get out of your comfort zone because that's just you being uncomfortable with yeah either boredom or being uncomfortable with well, being overworked. You what, should find a yeah. happy medium. What will happen is either
1: yeah, I, I have no happy medium because what will happen is I'll, I'll have periods like now where I have very 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 little free time and I'm literally like penciled in from morning till night, yeah. and then I will get completely exhausted with that. And then I will have periods where I literally do nothing. And then I'm like, that feels bad too. Yeah. (laughs) No,
2: I've done the same thing. Um,
1: but okay. So I was able to do some research on this and it is a little bit fascinating. So three days after the justice department issued an indictment of 12 Russian intelligent official intelligence officials, um, offering some of the most specific evidence yet of Russian meddling in our elections, Trump met with Putin. And there's a lot of speculation that Mueller decided to make these indictments public at this time. he did. Because he expected Trump to kind of, like, they wanted to put a spotlight on him. Either cancel your summit with Trump or kind of, like, sorry, cancel your summit with Putin or kind of, like, grow some kind of backbone to confront him. And that is not what happened at all. all. Um, So this happened, like, I think days before this, just to give you guys kind of, like, a reference point... So there were those 12 Russian intelligence officials that were indicted um, as being kind of like involved in the election process, with our election process. Um, There was also, I think the day before or two days before, um, a Russian woman who tried to broker a secret meeting between Donald J. Trump and the Russian president Vladimir Putin. Putin, during the 2016 presidential campaign, was charged and accused of working with Americans to carry out a secret Russian effort to influence American politics. Mm. At the behest of a senior Russian government official, the woman, Maria Butina... I'm guessing it's Maria. There's two eyes. Don't know how you pronounce that. Okay. Um, made connections... Maria? Maria? I don't maria. know. maria um, Made connections through the National Rifle Association... Uh, religious Mm. organizations Mm -hmm. and the National Prayer Breakfast to try to steer the Republican Party toward more pro-Russia policies, court records show. Privately comparing herself to a Soviet Cold War propagandist, Mm. propagandist, she worked to infiltrate American organizations and established back-channel lines of communication with American politicians. So this is the environment that we are in, right? It's quite clear that Russia at least has been trying to infiltrate our our politics. government, yeah, and very specifically through the Trump administration. So mm-hmm. because of this, everyone was like, okay, not everyone, because <sighs> not us, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of right-wing people even Thought were that like, all right, he up. kind of has to be tough on
2: Putin, at least for the optics of it, because it looks really bad if you're not. But we've talked about this before, like, when he met with Kim Jong-un, that he needs to be liked... And I think he's really scared of Putin. Like, he doesn't oh, want to totally. say or do anything that's going to, like, tick him off.
1: Totally. I mean, it's interesting watching his relationship with our European allies, like um, Angela Merkel in, in uh, Germany. Walking
2: in front of the queen. Right. And, like, what the fuck? Like, I get that maybe you, that's not how you choose to, like... You should have been briefed. There's no... Every other president knew what to do. You should yeah. have been briefed. Oh, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he was and didn't listen. He was like, oh, I'm not listening. He's an idiot. Idiot, And, like,
1: the way that he treated... It's it's so... I think it's... It offers a lot of insight into who he is by the way that he's treated our allies and the way that he's treated people who are historically our foes. Yeah. And there has been some kind of, like, speculation that the reason why is because he... Because look at these guys. He likes fucking dictators. Like, he likes strong people, like, strong men, quote-unquote strong men, because he wants to be able to do what they do, which is basically take over a country. Yeah, torture your, you know, citizens, kill people and, you know, do what you want. Yeah. And he he ha- it seems like he almost has a disdain for democracy and Yeah. Putin totally strong armed him at this entire thing. If you oh, watch, he it... he
2: ran the whole thing. Yeah, he looks. He was like, "What did he, what did Hillary Clinton was like? He would be a puppet." And he's like, "You're the puppet." He yeah, he was a puppet. He was yeah. a puppet. He the was whole thing. like, you can tell.
1: Putin looks so disinterested. Yeah, he looks like he doesn't give a shit. And nope. the entire time, it looks like Trump is standing at attention, dude.
2: Yeah, um, I love when he throws him the soccer ball and then he fucking chucks it at his wife. Oh my god, yeah, Melania. And- <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And when it's so creepy, when Trump gives him the soccer ball, you mean when Putin gives? Sorry, God, the two of them are like
1: interchangeable. When Putin (laughs) gives Trump the soccer ball, he says, "The ball is in your court now." Yeah, and I'm like, "Fuck,"
2: does that mean? It feels like
1: code, and it's very weird. Um, but, okay, or so... Like,
2: or, or, like, you do what I do now. Like, it, now it's your turn. Right. You, For to domination. Me, yes.
1: <sighs> to me, it very much read as, like, you need to stay in line. Yeah. Um,
2: And that's... How are you going to choose to follow up with this now, Mr. Right, Trump? Right, because they yeah. had a
1: private... Two hours private yeah. meeting.
2: Yeah. Alone together. Okay, he... Trump, Putin, and Kim Jong-un are, like, planning to... The world. It's very, very creepy and unsettling. But very um, much. okay,
1: here are some excerpts because right after this happened, everyone was like, "Trump's a traitor," or, "What he's done is treasonous," etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Okay, what, what's going on here? What did he say?" So here is what he said. This isn't everything, but it's it's a good like um, excerpt of it. He says. Our relationship has never been worse than it is now talking about Russia. However, that changed as of 4 hours ago mm-hmm. when we met with Putin. Our militaries do get along very well. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think that we've all been foolish. There was no collusion at all. It came out of a reason why it came out as a reason why the Democrats lost an election. There was no collusion. I didn't know the president meaning Putin. What happened to Hillary Clinton's emails? Thirty-three thousand emails gone, just gone. I think in Russia they wouldn't be gone so easily. Mm. President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. Ugh. He just said, "It's not Russia." I love it. He's like, "Well, he just if you say it's not. it's
2: not Russia, then I'm like, yeah. why wouldn't I believe you?" He just I said, mean, "It's not." Yeah, fine. I mean, Keegan, I don't understand why. You're yeah, why can't we just it? believe him? I mean, what's the big deal? <laughs>
1: I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. I'm sure we'll be meeting again in the future. Often would be. Yes, would. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see why any reason why it would be Russia. Is what he's saying.
2: W o u l d. Yes, would. So continue.
1: in 2016, if we want to go back to that Let's horrible year... Let's go back
2: in time yes. to the worst year of my life. All
1: right. <laughs> that was a tough year. Thank you. Um, In 2016, Trump issued a challenge in which he asked Russians to hack into Hillary Clinton's emails. I remember him saying that. Yep. And uh, to locate the missing emails. Turn, uh, turns out that on that day that he said that, that he was like, Russia, if you're listening, maybe you can find Hillary's emails. Wink, wink. On that day, several Russian intelligence officials named in the indictment hacked into Hillary Clinton's server. Oh. So they were like quite literally listening to him. You
2: don't say Keegan Winfield. you
1: yes. Oh my goodness. So... After all of this fallout, of which there was a ton, even the right, even Fox News was like, "This is fucked up." Like yeah. they were, like... there were a lot of people at Fox News that was like, "This is disgraceful," which is really saying I mean, something. If Fox man. News
2: is saying it. If, start, yikes. if they can't
1: spin it in a way that like makes it look good for you, mm-hmm. it's a it's a problem. And I mean, oh, excuse me, they were able to swing North Korea. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that people need to remember and not forget is that Trump is a. Uh, Trump, fuck. Um, Putin is a criminal. He yes. has had people murdered. Yes. He has had people unjustly imprisoned.
2: He is a tyrant. Yeah. And it's not just. I had a friend from Russia that I went to school with who was like, "No, he's just like a grandfather." I'm like, ha! "No, <laughs> no." I mean, like he he's a tyrant. Truly. Yeah. Like as is Kim Jong
1: Un. Like we. Yeah. Sh- this is. I don't think people often think about how like this the gravity of this you yeah. know how we cannot have this kind of relationship with a person no, like this no no but so there was a ton of fallout from both sides and trump was getting a lot of heat in a way that of course he didn't expect because he doesn't think past 30 seconds in the future if that. Um, if that So, Trump is now saying that he accepts the intelligence community's findings that Russia may have meddled in the election, although he also states it. Could have been others also, like, more than just Russia. Why would that matter? What we're talking about... Why are you bringing
2: it up? It's yeah. Russia right now. Yeah.
1: And he also says that he doesn't think it had any bearing on the outcome of the election. Of, of course. Of course you didn't, because you think that you're the shit. And granted, it may not have had any bearing. There may have been just that many people in the United States that,
2: that voted for... I mean, I do believe that. It may not have been... Yeah, but, but you have to say... You also have to see where if there's that many people hacking Hillary Clinton's email to try to figure things out. Like, to me, that just shows that there was some meddling. It doesn't necessarily mean that the amount of people didn't vote for him, but that there was some meddling involved. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that's the thing is, like, I I don't think anyone is saying, I don't even think Mueller's
1: investigation is saying, although I would need to look into it more deeply, that... This, if, if this hadn't happened, Hillary would be president right now. I don't think anyone is necessarily saying that, but we are no. saying that they massively interfered and interjected themselves into our um, election, and that they wanted Trump to win. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, because of all this, Trump is now saying. He said today I love that this. he misspoke, and this is what he says, and it's so fucking Trumpian. It's so Trump. He says. It should have been obvious. I thought it would be obvious. But I want to clarify, just in case it wasn't. <laughs> of course it wasn't. You said the wrong thing. Why would it... If, if, quote unquote, he didn't say the wrong thing. No. If anyone who... If you watch the thing, uh, the original thing, yep. it's quite obvious that he meant what he said. Yes. But if you had misspoke, why would anyone... Why would it be o- obvious to anyone that you misspoke? Yeah. It wouldn't be. But anyway, so that's him. And then you can tell this moment when he starts reading, because his tone of voice changes, yep. and you know that these are not... And he not... starts
2: He starts speaking a little bit slower and a yeah. little choppy. <laughs> and you know that these are not <laughs> the his words. dog went... <laughs>
1: yeah, he did not come up with this. He definitely didn't come up with this. He says, in a key sentence in my remarks... Trump has never said, nope. in my remarks. In my remarks. Um, in a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russia.
2: So, just to repeat it... No, because Putin would have been pissed if he had said that. There's no way
1: he would have said that. Putin would have been pissed. In front of Putin's face, there's no No. way. There's no way. No. Um, So, just to repeat it, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. I have, on numerous occasions, noted our intelligence findings that Russians attempted to interfere with our elections. Unlike previous administrations, my administration has and will continue to move aggressively to, re- to repeal and repel. We will stop it. We will repel it, as if we needed to know what repel meant. Yeah. Um, any efforts to interfere in our elections? Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, and he also... Fuck, I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. But I mean, oh god. Um oh, he basically just said that like Russia's intelligence were better than ours cuz he was like he made me a great offer. He made me an offer that, you know, I just couldn't turn down. That they're going to do it they're going to do a thorough investigation. I think this is such a great offer. I'm like, what the f-? Yeah, no. you're going to have them investigate their own. No. Yeah, yeah. You just you're take their stupid. word for it. Stupid.
1: I I really do feel like Trump has just watched a bunch of mob movies, and he yeah. thinks, that like, this is how it's... I mean, he, he
2: made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Like, he
1: would be the worst, like, mob <laughs> boss in the world. Like, truly. <laughs> he would. Oh, my God, just a bumbling uh, idiot. Anyway, can so... Can we go
2: from one horrible president to the best president of all time? Go go forth. Mr. President. <laughs>
1: Mr. President? Mr.
2: President Barack Obama, which I've been reading the Who Was series books to the kid that I babysit for every night, and we read Barack Obama, and now I'm reading Michelle Obama, and Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm learning so much more about them, and I adore it. So, he was like the key speaker for the Nelson Mandela annual lecture in Johannesburg, Mm -hmm. where Obama attacked strongman politics and politicians who just make stuff up. There you go. (laughs) A quote from him. Obama talked about the importance of political compromise, but emphasized that it can only be possible if the parties involved can agree on basic principles. His quote says, This is another one of those things I didn't think I had to lecture about. You have to believe in facts. Without facts, there's no base, there's no basis for cooperation. If I say this is a podium, and you say, It's an elephant it's going to be hard for us to cooperate. Yeah. And that's what we talk about all the time when we talk about this culture war. Yeah. Is that we can't all agree that the thing is the thing, you know? Right.
1: Like, there was this thing going around. I remember, I don't know if you ever saw it on um, Facebook, but it it was this thing where you had one, it was a drawing and there was one guy standing on one side of a six and the other guy standing on the other side. And one was saying, it's a six. And the other one was saying, it's a nine. And the thing underneath it said, um, it's all about perception and neither one of them is wrong. And then someone crossed that out and said, like, and said, no. Objectively, one of them is right. Someone yeah. wrote this, and they intended for it to be a six a or a nine. A yep. You know, and, and that fact exists. Like, we can't live in this gray reality. Um, Especially right now, we can't. We, we can't live in this, in this weird middle ground where we just get to decide what is real yeah. and isn't real, or what's yeah. a
2: fact and isn't a fact. Like, I agree. So, Obama also talked about these strange and uncertain times we're in. Again, a quote a politics of fear and resentment and entrenchment began to appear and that kind of politics is now on the move he mentions hatred and paranoia propaganda and conspiracy theories he says it's tempting now to give into cynicism then he reinforced oh, former true. south african what <laughs> Said so that's true. <laughs> it is true. We can't give into it. Then he referenced former South African president Nelson Mandela's philosophy to inspire hope. And as soon as I read that, I honestly had to choke back tears. Because just whenever I hear, like, anything with Obama and the word hope, I'm like, oh, bring me back to 2008. I know. Um, and this is another quote from him. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can learn to love. Yeah. I love you.
1: Come back to I just, I have like, I don't know. know. I
2: never know what the right answer is because it's just like. Well, and he's not necessarily giving us an answer, but he's saying to us that. We need to... We need to find a middle ground. We need to find a middle ground. We need to be aware of what's going on. And I feel like he's saying in a way, too, that we need to be discussing this with each other, no matter what your opinions are on the president, that that this is in our hands a lot, too. Well, I mean, and I think we need to take it
1: out of the realm of opinion. Yes. And we need to put it back into the hands of facts. Yes. Which, as soon as, you know, in the beginning of Trump's presidency, as soon as he started doing this, like, fake news, anti-facts kind of rhetoric. Yeah. Propaganda. It became very scary for me because you cannot, you cannot argue with someone who doesn't believe in facts. Yeah. You can't. You can't have a conversation with someone if... Any sources that you bring up, they say fake news. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. You know?
2: That's his his, uh, fallback when he doesn't have anything intelligent to say. And it works, is the thing that's so scary. It completely works because it made other people say, that. oh, you can't believe what you read. Yeah. Which is true to to a point, but there are facts out there that you cannot ignore or that you at least need to investigate yourself and be aware of. Right, you know and, I mean? and you can't
1: just choose that everything that you don't like is is, is false. Fake. Yeah, and I think that that's why I have such a hard time with the kill them with kindness, all the the love talk. Which I agree, t- I totally agree with that. But it's just like, where is the middle ground between
2: just being like, no, you're wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, <laughs> like, I don't. I don't believe in completely killing them with kindness, and I don't believe in being cruel either. I believe in saying what you believe in in a way that is intelligent or that is caring, has the right intent behind it, and that you are open to having a conversation even if it's not going to go your way. I think that's the only way that we can move forward with any of this. Yes, agreed. So he goes on to say some more lovely things that we should do unto others as we'd have them do to us, that we see ourselves in other people, that we can recognize common hopes and dreams the truth is compatible with any form of discrimination based on race or religion or gender or sexual orientation and that when embraced, it empowers nations by allowing them to draw upon talents and energy and skills of all its people. And that I feel like was kind of encapsulating on this whole immigration thing that we have going on right now and I know you miss him right now, right? you it- miss
1: having a leader who could no regardless of how you feel about Obama and his policies, because some of them were fucked up, to be yeah. honest. Like there were like he was a very good president and very likable president in a lot of ways. But some of his policies were shitty. But like don't you just miss having a president who could put together a well thought out, coherent, yeah, sentence that made you an feel an educated something?
2: president. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, like God. Sorry, I interrupted you, but just no. Over I was with... done.
2: I was done with my quote, and I just looked up to see your oh, your sad little God. puppy dog face. It's just killing me, man. No, it's hard. It's actually legitimately hard for me to think of that time because it's like it almost just seems so long ago, and it really wasn't that we actually lived a little bit more peacefully. But I mean, hey, without all this, would we be? Having this shit. No, we wouldn't, to no, talk we wouldn't about have this podcast,
1: I don't think. But I mean, hopefully, we can come out on the other side of it. It's just very scary to me because I don't know where this country is headed. No, and we don't
2: know what the other side is going to look like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I've just, and you know, he's right. I have totally become so cynical because I'm like,
2: it's very hard to not be cynical. Yeah. And I think that a certain level of cynicism is to be expected and is okay. And healthy. I think it, a certain exactly. amount is healthy. Exactly. I just don't think he wants us to completely give in and to become cold-hearted. Well, I we think can't that's what he's saying. We can't lose hope.
1: No. Which I think His money it,
2: ran his whole no, campaign. I know. On guys. I mean, and
1: it's true. It's like if you if you do it for Obama. Are wallowing in an abundance of cynicism, you will lose hope. Yeah. Which is something that we can't do. Well,
2: and you're never, your argument doesn't even seem as compelling or valuable anymore. Because Because why does it matter? Yeah, because you just become apathetic. Then there's nothing behind it. You have to remain hopeful and you still have to have that fight in your heart and that fire in your belly. Yeah. Or else nothing is ever going to change. Well, because
1: why does it matter? Like if you don't if you don't have hope for the future, then it's just then like Then just what stop you, talking about what it. What
2: are you fighting for then? Then stop talking about yeah, it. Just you, let it happen. Then. Yeah. if you really don't care and you want to be that cynical, then sit on your couch. Don't immerse yourself in the news. Don't be a part of it. Yeah. Roll Take yourself over and, out of and that. And go narrative. to sleep then because
1: yep. it's just like there's nothing to hope for. You're
2: not adding anything. You're yeah. not taking anything away. Yeah. Done. You lose all your power. You give right. it all up. So what else do you want to talk about? Um, I only have
1: one other thing because I needed something to lift our spirits and pull us please, out of this house. Please. Um, okay. So The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Yes, of course. Every girl our I read age all the books too. Watched that movie. And I didn't Wait, read the who book. had sex in the book? It was Bla- or the movie. Blake Lively. Yeah. Oh god, that was great. Blake, I loved it. Blake Lively. I read that
2: chapter over and over. Same thing with the notebook where they have sex. I read really? those chapters I, over and over again. Blake
1: Lively was to me the most annoying one in the movie, like But Shabe I read me the book. Roll my eyes so hard. I read
2: I read the book so in my head it was like a different experience. Person, yeah. yeah.
1: Um well, anyway, I loved the movie, of course, loved. freaking Blake Lively, America, Blake Lively pre nose job, by the way. Pre
2: nose job, yeah. America Ferrera, Amber,
1: Amber Tamblyn, Tamblyn, Alexis Bledel, ah, yes, oh,
2: Queens,
1: who okay. all mirac- miraculously fit into the same pair of pants. Yes, that they shared all summer it's long. It's amazing, and, and they all go on their adventures. And yes, it's so fabulous, in- incredible early. 2000s teen Bliss. girl movie. It was that fantastic. That and Princess
2: Diaries Ugh. kind of like melded into one fa- summer. Oh, Princess Diaries was my favorite. I read it. There's three books, I think, in that series too. Mm-hmm. And so I read, because I would always read at the cabin. I would read... All of the Princess Diaries books, and I read all the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants books within the span of, like, two months. Well,
1: you will be pleased to know that Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is mm-hmm. becoming a musical.
2: Y'all,
1: yes. <laughs> So that is super stoked. Like, I'm super it's stoked the about sisterhood that. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And Madigan's gonna pants. write it. <laughs> we have pants. <laughs> Madigan's gonna write the musical. Yep. Um, you heard her here first, folks. So, yeah, Deadline reported on Tuesday that it's uh, technically the film franchise that's being adapted into a stage musical rather than the the novels. Right. So they're adapting from the movie. Um, Alcon Entertainment Entertainment and Alloy Entertainment announced the venture and said that Blue Spruce Productions has acquired the theatrical rights from them. Blue Spruce will be the show's lead producer, although Alcon and Alloy will reportedly remain involved in the production and development as
2: well. So here's my problem. I have not been um, very interested in some of these like two thousands rom com movies being made into musicals. Mean Girls. I'm sorry, Mean Girls. Really? Oh, but I've heard the music is really good and it's great. But like I've heard, it's just kind of like I wasn't stoked about lackluster with things because like the Tonys, like it did not do well. I wasn't stoked about the idea, but it. I heard it's good. Yeah. I heard it's good. I don't know. There's just some where I'm just like can we just leave well enough alone? I agree. You know what? That's I feel the same way about Shrek the Musical,
1: really. Although
2: I heard Shrek is good too.
1: Um but <laughs> I um I agree, but for me more so at least with musicals I feel like they're diving into a new medium. What's bothering me is like can we fucking stop with the remakes, like of movies. R- movies, remakes of movies that have already happened. Like Overboard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did we need to remake Overboard? Like,
2: I don't understand. I never even heard of that movie. Overboard, I no, I, I don't loved care. It. Never I heard it. of it. No, but like I just and I love Anna Ferris. I love her. But and I'm not. like, girl, no. There's no reason. That should have been that should have been a hard no. You should have smelled that stinker from far well, away. There's the thing is, like, you may not have seen
1: the original Overboard, but it is a classic classic, and it's, like, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, and that's kind of where they met and yeah. fell in love, and, like, and it's such a good movie, and I'm, like, t- to take that and try and, like, change... Why? I would be mad
2: if they were... I really liked the movie Splash when I was little with Tom Hanks and big with Tom Hanks. And I'm just gonna name Tom look, Hanks nothing movies, is safe. But, like, you can't do that. Nothing is safe. They could remake anything. I'm, like, could they we could stop? They remake anything at any time.
1: At any time. Like, I just rewatched Her- When Harry Met Sally yesterday, and I was, like... If they fucking remake When Harry Met Sally, and they could, they could, it would,
2: it would be terrible. It could happen. It could Kevin. happen. And and this I is will real life. And I will be furious. Yes. Um. Anyway, I you know there's other things that I was going to talk about. I'm going to skip them because we have wonderful listener mail that I feel like is really important to read. So, uh-huh. what are we going to read? Uh, subject line you're fabulous i don't mind (laughs) if you share (laughs) i don't mind if you share this on your podcast or not well we're gonna do it (laughs) hi girls i just wanted to write in oh also this person wrote in for a coming out story so we've kind of like built a relationship with this person hi girls i just wanted to write in a quick story that i hope makes your day a little bit better Today, I was listening to the episode while on the bus ride home from my job. I loved the sister solidarity story you shared about Sienna's mom and her confidence in her body. Furthermore, I was so happy to hear about Madigan's mom's decision to get a bikini. My mom's going to love that. (laughs) Sienna's going to love that, too. Yeah, I know. I love it. Both mom stories are great. All right. What really struck a chord with me, though, is when Madigan talked about how she writes what her friends or healthy self would say about her mean thoughts. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that hearing this made me tear up. Disclaimer, I'm PMS. I'm PMS as fuck. Girl. Word. I cry at every fucking... I was at Yardhouse reading this crying. <laughs> like, waiting for my drink and my food. Just like... <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I think it impacted me so much for a couple reasons. First, it took me back to my own days of recovery when I had to bring lists to therapy every week about what my eating disorder was saying and what my rational mind was saying, so I felt I could relate on a personal level. Furthermore, though, it was just something I needed to hear. These last couple months have been a little bit tough for me emotionally, and even though I'm recovered, it can be easy to automatically blame my negative emotions on my appearance or body image. This episode, along with face value, reminded me that even when we're going through tough times, we still deserve to treat ourselves with respect. And sometimes we just have to put in a little extra effort to love the things about ourselves that we're not so fond of. I can confidently say... That, thanks to you girls, I have made an effort to stop picking at my skin. Yay! I feel proud to be a member of the LGBT community, and I appreciate the things that make my body my own. I hope this message helps you realize that what you say is making a positive impact on more people than you know. Thanks for everything you do. Forever raging, M. Girl, I've been picking at my arm this entire time. <laughs> I've like I've been going to town, so you've just reminded me to stop touching my skin. Um, I feel really weird reading like compliments about myself, where I'm like Madigan does this, and I'm like, oh, man. yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable. It's you weird. know you know.
1: I'm deeply, deeply uncomfortable with compliments.
2: I mean, I can at least accept them better than you can. It's yeah, just weird no. to read about it. Like when Madigan said this, like it feels like I'm talking in third person. Yeah, and it's bizarre. Um, but I'm really glad. I mean, this is this is important to know. I feel like because in the eating disorder community, we are starting to believe that you can be recovered or in recovery or not. And for me to say that I'm recovered doesn't mean that I don't have, like, bad body image days or don't still give in to societal pressures about food or dieting or exercise or well, body that's just image. just being a human being. But it's what you do with those thoughts. So if what we said was a good reality check, that what you're thinking or what you are, like, taking in from society isn't real all the time, then i done my, like, calling in life. So thank you for letting me know that something that I've done has actually made a difference. That really meant a lot to me. And it's also good to hear that because it continually reminds me that, like, I have that power within myself to continue to give myself the best advice, too, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, and I think it's also really important to get this kind of Um, not just get this kind of feedback because it's, it's largely positive. That's not what I'm saying. I just mean like, it's good. I encourage people to please write to us and let us know about things because we need a sounding board. Yes. And I think sometimes it can get really easy and I struggle, you know, now I have, have two podcasts and I struggle often about like what I say on them and what I'm putting out there. And I think it's really important to
2: know have how it's that, being received. Yeah,
1: and have that, like, reality check that,
2: like, people are taking, they're listening to what you're, you're right. saying. Well, and it's know? also good because she's responding to something very specific that we're doing. And it's something to keep in mind as we're talking about future episodes and what we say in them. Like, it's good to know what people like because then we can continually be uh bringing that kind of content yeah. to you yeah
1: yeah so thank you so much I'm so Love happy like you. honestly it it makes our day when we when we read things like that and we know that like you're getting something out of this it
2: makes me weep into my rosé so yeah thank you. yeah
1: so he should just drank those tears back I down just like... <laughs> right, Kate, okay you I, I have got a coming out story for you guys and I haven't heard this yet so I'm excited. Hey girls, I wanted to share my coming out story slash shout out to my mom.
2: Woo! Moms!
1: So when I was in high school, I was dating this girl who was my first same-sex relationship, and I wanted to tell my mom because I have always told her everything, but I was scared because my whole family is pretty conservative. I would test the waters by asking things like, how do you feel about gay people? And things like that. And I would always get homophobic answers along Mm. the lines of, that's a sin. So, of course, I didn't want to tell her because I didn't want her to make me stop seeing my girlfriend or not like me anymore.
2: Oh, not like you anymore. We all feel that way. I mean, you're parents, There's something, though, with... She didn't say not love me anymore. She said not not like like me me anymore. anymore. And I honestly believe that... There is something wonderful to like your parents or to like your kids because yeah. it sounds like it's better to love somebody, Mm-mm. but love can be unconditional and it's a feeling that you can't always help. But like liking somebody, that's different. When you yeah. really
1: like a we, person, we put this idea of like unconditional love on this pedestal, which is amazing. Yeah, but it's to choose a- to like like someone, right? But but liking someone is a choice. You yeah, know what I mean, which is like it's it's better almost. Yeah, okay. It wasn't until our mutual breakup almost a year later that I finally broke down and told my mom that, yes, I'm bisexual. We both ended up crying for different reasons, and I felt like my mom was disappointed, or at least that she needed to pray that I changed. Oh, no. Fast forward a few years, and my mom and I... And my mom and I just basically, basically didn't talk about my sexuality, Mm. but she had been getting a lot more liberal and listening to more of my ideas, even went to a Bernie rally with me. Yes. I had just bought Love, Simon on DVD and mom agreed to watch it with me. Mm. After the movie ended, my mom hugged me and was crying saying, I'm so sorry for how I reacted when you came out. And I wish I had been more like the mom in the movie. I love you for who you are, which of course made me cry as well. I wanted to tell my coming out story and give a little shout out to my mom who has become so much more understanding, not only of my struggles, but others as well. Also, shout out to Love, Simon, as well, for being such an amazing movie for many reasons.
2: Yes. Side note. I love Love, <laughs> Simon. Sorry, continue. <laughs> it's okay. Side note. I introduced her to the show Queer
1: Eye, and she ended up <gasps> binge-watching it, and then watching interviews and their podcast. Yes! That's what I did, too! <laughs> becoming a bigger fan than I am. Ha, yes. Ha.
2: I What was I listening to? Oh, I think I was listening to Keep It Weird, where one of the girls... Uh, husbands or boyfriends was like got really into Queer Eye. It's and calls amazing. Them, calls them like his men or something like that. Like how are or like what does he call them? Something sweet like that. Like how are my lovely men doing? Like Queer Eye is the best. If the you
1: best. have been resisting watching it, because for me, I never watched the original Queer Eye. I was kind of like, what is the big deal? Well, about Chris show? did watch
2: the original Queer Eye, and he was like, it's not for me. And I'm like,
1: Chris, you have
2: to watch it. It's so good.
1: It is well. My friend watched the original, and she loves this one too. Yeah, but um, I was kind of like, eh, I I don't get it. It's a makeover show, whatever. It's but so
2: much more. So than that. much more.
1: Well, thank you so much for your email. She asked yes. to remain anonymous. That's all um, good. So we won't. We won't.
2: We won't reveal say your who you name, are.
1: but um, um thank you so so much for yes. sending us this email. It was so heartwarming and special, mm-hmm. and I love getting coming out stories, you know because yes. everyone's story is different, everyone's journey is different, and mm-hmm. regardless of your sexual orientation, we can all relate to that feeling
2: of being scared. That your parents won't like you anymore. Yeah, and then I mean you know? can also respect the fact that we will not understand that exact experience. But by you guys telling us these stories, it's opening our eyes to being more aware of other people's experiences and keeping ourselves open to that and to be better allies and things like that, which yeah. I really appreciate. It makes it makes me feel like more of a feminist because I'm becoming more and more intersectional.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Which makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so thank you guys so much for your stories. Keep yes. on coming. We love we love getting um, listener mail. It doesn't have to just be Sister Solidarity stories. If you guys just want to write us and just, like, shoot the shit and talk, yeah. that's cool, too. It's We're down good. for that. So if you want to send us anything, please hit us up on our Gmail... <laughs> Our Gmail email, um, <laughs> neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also get us on Instagram, Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can get us on Twitter at yamp Podcast, Y A N F Podcast.
2: Podcast. Um, and find us on Facebook. Just basically. Everywhere. We're all over. We're all over. Just look for us. Stop yeah. us. Um, you can listen... I mean, you're listening to us on something right now, but in case you don't like where you're listening to us, you can get us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public. Yeah, I feel like we haven't um, we haven't pushed Radio Public in a minute, so... Guys, Radio Public would be really, really great if you want to help us out. We do get a little bit of proceeds from that, but when I say a little bit, like three cents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but every little bit counts, you know, guys? so yeah that would be great if you could listen there I don't even listen there so I'm the worst Madigan I know (laughs) I I like Stitcher too much I like my Stitcher like thing I'm gonna okay tonight I'm gonna turn it on and I'm just gonna let it play while I'm asleep there you go girl I'm just gonna do that um. Anything else that we need to say? Um. Please rate, review, subscribe. Please. We're starting a reviews day Tuesday. Yay! Applause to Keegan for coming
1: up with that. I totally didn't. I stole it from Lady Pod Squad. Oh, but. never mind. <laughs> I
2: liked the reviews day Tuesday thing though.
1: Yeah. That's. I got it from them because oh, they do reviews fuck. day Tuesdays. But it's okay. So we're doing reviews day Tuesdays on our page, which is a little different. Their reviews day Tuesdays is to encourage us to review other podcasts. Yeah. Um. Ours is we are featuring a review from our Instagram or Instagram we are featuring a review from our iTunes yep Um, reviews on our Instagram every Tuesday. Uh, So we started doing that and it's really fun to see them kind of like up and featured like that. It is fun. So definitely leave us, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review and maybe we'll feature you on Reviews Day Tuesday.
2: Yeah definitely and you guys, word of mouth is the best possible thing for a podcast so you know don't forget to tell your friends and family about us if you want them to be part of this experience as well we would love more and more listeners all the time. Um, We're going to be
1: ordering more merch sometime soon, probably before the end of the year.
2: Yeah, August is going to be a little nutty for us, guys, but we're going to do our best. So, with that being said, we encourage you to To rage rage on. on. Bye! I was like, are we not going to say anything?
0: Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night?
3: So, I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.